I can really, over the years, I've learned, I can tell what you did to the weed or what you didn't do to the weed. When I can look at weed and say, ooh, they had too much lights on it. Ooh, they watered this too much. Ooh, they let some boy plants get in there with their female plants. You know, I, I can look at the weed and tell. Hello and welcome to Code Green Plant. I'm your host, Christy Chanel, and I'm here with my co-host, Phoebe James. Hey, everybody. How are you, Christy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm kind of excited still. I know I was really excited for the part one of Mr. OG, but I think the part two is even better because he really kind of talks about it on a human level. And that for me is, is really what makes people understand it and connect to it. And I think anybody can understand the way that he presents it, you know, changing your life, trying to, you know, do things differently than you did before. I think we've all had ups and downs in our life where we have to kind of figure out that path didn't work for us. So now we have to go down this path and uh, it's very human. It's a very human episode. So let's go. Episode two, Mr. OG. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about cannabis. Community violation. (laughs) Code green plant. Going back, you were saying that there, you know, you had respect. The OGs had respect. And if they saw something bad, they would pull it. They would pull it. And now they don't give a shit. No. It's pretty much what you're saying. So no. it's harder to stay I in mean, the game. I mean, have ignorance and have, I don't care. So let, let, me, let me ask you, would you, if you were just a regular consumer, would mm-hmm. you rather go and buy it legally knowing exactly what's in it i mean sometimes i mean there's there's a whole conversation on that or would you think it would be safer for the consumer to buy from a friend i honestly i would actually feel like they're about the same okay because and the reason why i say that is i know um guys who deal directly with um growers or you know what I said people who serve dispensaries okay i know guys who buy from dispensaries you know mm-hmm. see a lot of people don't know with dispensaries let's say if you have a dispensary license or if i have a grower's license and say you have a dispensary mm-hmm. i'm a grower i have a license to grow see people think that i can just grow crazy and it's not like that your license will tell you how much you can grow so i may be able to grow 100 plants or 100 pounds but i grow 200 so I'm always bringing my good hundred pounds to you, and we do that above the books on the top of the board. We pay taxes on it. We pay all the fees and everything that we're supposed to. And that other hundred pounds is going out the back door. Mm-hmm. We got a guy from Kansas City who comes in every other week and gets that hundred that we're not putting on paper. Mm-hmm. And a lot of dispensaries, especially dealing with the smaller ones. All they do is buy from different growers. So if I come in there and say, hey, I got 10 pounds of OG and I use this type of fertilizer, I use this type of vitamins, I don't put any pesticides, I don't use any of that negative stuff. You don't know that. You're just taking my word for it. Mm -hmm. You know? And so a lot of the weed that's on the street is coming out the back door of the dispensaries anyway. A lot of the weed that's on the streets is coming from those same growers that serve the dispensaries. When you get into your big corporations, like when you're dealing with, say, uh, like the guy Burner who owns Cookies, he now he has, you know, the lab with the greenhouses, and, you know, he posts 
testing and everything. Now, when you're dealing with that, you kind of know where it's coming from or what it's getting. You know what I'm saying? But when you're on the street level, and I may be arrogantly priding myself as a weed connoisseur, but like I can really, over the years, I've learned I can tell what you did to the weed or what you didn't do to the weed. When I can look at weed and say, "Ooh, they had too much lights on it." Ooh, they watered this too much. Ooh, they let some boy plants get in there with their female plants. You know, I, I can look at the weed and tell. You, you know, know? We, I talked to somebody the other day, and she was saying that she has a machine that can test weed for toxins, mold, pesticides, fentanyl. It doesn't tell her exactly what it is, but it can test to make sure that the weed is okay. That's something that I think would be a really good idea for a lot of places. I bet it's really expensive. It is really expensive. If it wasn't expensive, I would know somebody who would have one. I've, I've heard of them, and I've, I've actually seen one one time from a distance. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've heard of them. And like you said, when you're dealing, if you have a dispensary, makes sense. But most street dealers, I mean, you got to think about. I know when you're on the yeah. streets hustling, the thing, the top of the line, the a one point of what we're doing is to make money, and that's going to incur another cost. I'm sure. Damn near all the weed that she's tested had something in it. Even pesticides will come up as toxins. And a lot of girls say they don't use pesticides, and they be lying. Oh, yeah. They be lying. But at the same time, people are smoking it, you know, and then they're in ingesting this, and it's in their lungs. And, yeah, it's a, it's a, bigger, it's a bigger deal. My other question for you is, I know that you said that you, you've gone to prison. Now you say you're not doing, you're not selling. How are you feeling about that being a part of normal society and not not living the life that you've known since you were 15? You know, it's a big change and it may not be as fun. I don't think I don't think there's an adrenaline rush of going into the office. You would probably have to have me on another show just to talk about <laughs> that aspect. Of it. We probably I, will, actually. <laughs> I totally went into depression. Mm -hmm. I totally didn't know how to deal with normal life. I'm just now, and I don't think I've caught up yet, but I'm just now catching up to normal life of being a square, what we consider a square, yeah. and not being in the game. And it was, it's a 363 times for me. Like, when you're, when you're selling drugs and you have money coming in like that, you just spin, spin, spin. So when I didn't have it like that to spin, I started paying attention like, what? A gallon of milk is $4? Like, what? I, I had never paid attention to that. You know, like, what? You got to yeah. pay for this? Like, you know, mm -hmm. it, it just was a totally, like you said, the adrenaline is gone because uh, I've been on both aspects of the game. I've sold, like, I've been in circles of cliques where we sold like a lot of drugs like and i've been on the bottom level where i've stood on the corner you know what i'm saying like as a as a young dude like hey basically got crack over here you know what i'm saying i've been on both sides but when i left i was around i was deep in and it just was like a total 360 but i i had been feeling uh like i wanted to quit but you always you always have a goal and then when you hit that goal, you push the goal back. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. once you get older, you realize, I might not never hit that goal. Mm -hmm. And I really started realizing it with the lack of loyalty. 
with uh, the, the alarming rate of snitching that goes on these days in the game, technology, just all of it was just laws change. It just made it so harder to get to a certain point. And with all of it, just like, it just started kind of getting really depressing to me, like seeing how the things were going. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even with the price fluctuations, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God, here it is. A year later, we said, we have to sell the pads for like a thousand dollars cheaper. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? It just was like weighing on me for a while. And then I knew I was getting older and I never wanted to be no old drug dealer or whatever. I thought by then I would have been converting my money into a legal business, which I have over the years, businesses that failed or whatnot. But I thought that I would have been converted to a legal business. And I just started seeing with the way the game was going, it was just way too hard to win. You know, it was just way too hard. To, to, yeah. to get ahead and to win. And here it is, I'm trying to have morals and rules in a game that no longer has morals and rules. To answer your question, yes, I went into a bad depression, missing the the, the adrenaline, the, the camaraderie, because I mean, my phone went dead. I went from two phones ringing all day to a phone, I couldn't get a call. Like, I had to pick it up and see if it worked. Like, you know, and I didn't know how to deal with that after hustling for so many years. You know what I'm saying? I, I it, was a, it was a big drastic change. And I don't want to compare it to the military, but I'm going to compare it to the military. <laughs> like when you're involved in it and it's your whole life and then you retire, it's like you're you don't know what to do with yourself. You know, I think that's I've a very accurate that. comparison. Well, I was yeah. going to say, and then with the danger of it all and the adrenaline uh-huh. running, that increases the bond and it increases the yeah the draw yeah. to it. So it's and actually the military is a good comparison. Yeah, I see that. And I see that with other people and they just don't know what to do with themselves. And so I say that because I'm talking to you. I've, I've never met you before. And I hear the knowledge that you have and it has value today. It's really, really important, actually, to share some of this knowledge. So I do see that there is an alternative to what you're doing, and I don't think it's all wasted for you. Like, there is a legitimate business going around, and these people, they want to get in the cannabis business, and they have no idea what they're fucking doing. And so, therefore, you would really bring value to them and their business and help them make money. I can see you having such value. The only problem is legitimate cannabis businesses, they don't allow felons into it, which is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And it kind of pisses me off because you can bring more value than I can. Is it the stupidest or is it the smartest? You got to think about it from the person who's doing the aspect. Mm -hmm. So if I'm the government, why not could have 40 percent, 50 percent of my competition? Y'all can't even ride this lane. So now mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about them, per se. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can send them to jail for what we're legally doing. Because yeah. that'll kick the competition out. It was genius. It's genius, if now, you really think about it. Do you think, Do you think? Um, so they're talking about rescheduling marijuana from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, but with that is the ch- Big Pharma could get their hands in the middle. Do you think there's a chance that Big Pharma could take over the marijuana industry one day? Yes. Yes. They already have. They already have. There's nobody from the hood who owns dispensaries. There's nobody who has... When they find those small growers, 
in California, they cap them out and tell them something like, you can grow 25 plants. You can have, you can only have 25 pounds, yet they'll give a license to a corporation who can do 400 pounds a quarter. How can I keep up with him? Mm-hmm. And like I said, okay, now I'm going to take no felons can be involved in it. So we're going to kick 60% of the people, our competition, out of the way. And with the government regulations, we have the lawyers. We have the people filing the paperwork. We know all of the laws. We know all the way around the laws. Mm -hmm. And we have large mass amounts of money to deal with. That's why you see a lot of, as the last five years, a lot of rappers are coming out with their own strains of weed because Mm -hmm. they have capital and you have a guy this young guy who knows how to grow who's mastered growing in his garage or whatever and he meets this rapper and he has this good strain of weed let's put the strain on the market i don't know if you how versed you all rap but the dog pal one of the rappers that was under the snoop named corrupt him and this white guy from arizona came up with uh moon rocks and everybody mm-hmm. went crazy. Fast forward to the day, um, Wiz Khalifa, Currency, Big Boy from Outkast, uh, Jewel Santana from The Dipset, all these guys have their own strain of weed. And it's because they have capital to do it on a bigger level. And they have the That's connection the for the really good stuff. Right. All you got to do is find you a grower, you know what I'm saying, and, and and alter something a little bit, and now it's a different strain. You can put your name on it. But it's all about having the capital to mass produce it. And that's cutting out another 20% of the hustlers. And now it makes it, like you said, corporate. Yeah. Because you have these bigger dispensaries and these bigger growing companies or whatnot. Now they're branded with rappers. Yeah. They'll catch a rapper and say, hey, Let's do this trend. Hey, money bag, yo, let's do this trend. We're going to call it this. And it was created in a lab. He didn't have nothing to do with creating it. You know, he just promotes it on his songs and gets a check. Yep. And uh, they're calling it his strand. But only large corporations have the money to do this. So like you said, it's already been, you know what I'm saying, corporate That's what the fluctuation in the price comes from because these state laws are different. And once they started seeing how loose the laws were in Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Detroit, a lot of growers moved from the West Coast out there. Because at first, everybody wanted to go to Portland because Portland had the loosest laws. They was letting everybody grow like crazy, letting everybody sell like crazy. But, um, I mean, you know, they, they were about to legalize all drugs up there. So they really Portland? don't care. It's a different type of state. So that's, I didn't know that they were talking about doing, you know, everything. I knew weed. Oh, yeah, you get a ticket now for, uh, like, opiates and stuff. They don't even uh, criminalize opioids no more. I got partners that travel back and forth. He's like, man, I'm looking outside the hotel at this park next door, and they call it, like, a free zone where they allow, you know, people to do drugs. He was like, people was literally sitting out there shooting up, and, like, the laws are just drive past. Yeah, they decriminalized all the uh, heavy drugs, basically. Wow. So would you ever consider being a part of the legalized world of cannabis? No. Why? I'm done. 
<laughs> You're like, screw it. It's because I'm pursuing another avenue in life. Okay. Good. But it, it, but my life is so entwined with that part, even though that I'm moving into, I've been a chef also. All the time that I've been hustling, just a little inside of me, I've been a chef over the years. I've been a good, it was times I tried to get my life together. I would go to culinary school, then revert back to hustling. I would stop and say, hey, I don't want to hustle. I've cooked at some of the top restaurants in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not to pat my own back, I'm a really good chef. And even in that, like, I still want to do infused meals. And um, I make really good edibles. You know what I'm saying? So I guess I'm always kind of tied in. But just being that it had such a detrimental effect on my life, the fact of I went through so much with I just don't want to be a part of it. And I don't think, I honestly don't believe that there'll be much space for the middleman anymore. It's going to be corporate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be corporate. I mean, at some point, right now, dispensaries are usually a little higher because they so-called can tell you the background of the weed. That's their excuse for it to be. But now that the dispensaries are dropping down, I think that they'll eventually squeeze the majority of the street hustlers out of the way. Because, I mean, if you think about it, would you rather come to some shady apartment to go pick up some weed, you know, from this guy or meet some old hippie guy in the parking lot or go to 7-Eleven? I like the hippie guy, personally. (laughs) But see, you know what it is? That's the older generation. The drug game is controlled by 18 to 30. These are the people who mass consume. You know, we would be considered connoisseurs or whatever. Once you get over 40, you're not you're not really going crazy on the drugs. Or if you are, you're basically a dope fiend. You know, you're, 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 you're a known drug addict. But if you're just dibbling and dabbling, it's just a dibbling and dabbling as to where you got the younger generation. I know guys that pop three, four perks a day. They smoke a half an ounce of weed and probably drink four or five ounces of syrup every day. Every day. Every day. Mm. Or is and this... walk around functioning. You know, like that's the age of God. I mean, when we was the age and we were hustling, we were in the club five nights a week on drinking and on drugs, you know. Mm. But when you get older, you, you slow down. You know, you might still smoke, you might still have your wine or whatever, but the young base of consumer that intake all of the drugs they're going to squeeze them out they're going to squeeze those dealers out eventually i don't know you see you name two things that you've done one you're an, a magnificent cook and <laughs> two you know how to sell weed yeah <laughs> put them together dude put them together yeah you could sell weed infused food but it's still illegal we're in mm-hmm. texas Okay, but I'm trying to get out of listen, I want to be legal. No, I want you to be legal. <laughs> I, I, we we want to be legal. I want to be legal too. Hemp derived. It's fucking cannabis. Okay? It's cannabis. What's the difference to you? As long as you're able to get a head change, it's still the same plant. It's just called something else. That's it. It's the THC levels, which they can still do in hemp derived. Why can't you work with we, that? We... Being in Dallas and in the circles that I run in, 
haven't ran across any and and I have guys that travel back and forth to California every time, but we haven't ran across any of the potent hip products. You haven't? Over the years, we've always, or we claim to have a high tolerance. You know, that's the thing. Like, it's like anything that people give me and stuff, like, it doesn't affect me like it does affect them. It doesn't affect guys around. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Dallas breeds a different type of smoker. And it was Mm -hmm. because um, when we got introduced to the inside weed, somebody was flooding Dallas with OG, which is a strong, if not just one of the strongest indicas. Mm -hmm. Where other states and other cities like hybrids and like sativas, I even know some older people who like sativas. I like sativa. The main consumers, though, of the marijuana in the street game, like I said, 18 to 30-ish or something like that, who really smoke a lot, lot out of weed, they don't like sativas. In Texas, they love indicas. And that builds, over time, builds you up a really, really, really high level of tolerancy where a lot of times edibles and CBDs and, you know, other different things that people that are introduced hemp products, other hemp products do not have the effect mm-hmm. because a lot of times they're like head highs and everybody in Texas and a lot of people in Southern states look for that really strong body high that comes from your indicas. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those products, like you say, challenge accepted, mm-hmm. you like sativas so you like a lighter high so something that may get you high may not get the average consumer in this area i like that you know but the people that i've tested some of these gummies on smoke every day and they're hemp derived and they like it a lot so that's why i'm saying at least give me a chance my last birthday i was chewing on gummies like they were like real candy my cousin i'm like bro you are going crazy mm-hmm. and it just wasn't even i was at the fucking texas rangers game just popping them back like they were just regular i have a lot of uh, really high tolerance really yeah, high tolerance. i didn't say you wouldn't need five of them i just said give me a chance so, i'm a true connoisseur bring them on i would lo- i would love if they work you don't understand i would love if they just you know yeah. what i'm saying if we can make you happy with these and you you've been out in the world a long time then then we can make other people happy so yeah i would love to have you test them um i like your product like that yeah yeah this has been a really really great interview like i've really really enjoyed it i think other people at least can expand and think well maybe that's not really what's happening maybe this is what's happening at least give the other view I believe that you should be able to hear all views and then make your own decision. That's why this platform for Phoebe and I is is going to be that. It's going to allow all types of opinions so that you can form your own opinion after you hear it. I loved you being here. I, I so appreciate you being here. And honestly, I would love to have you back on. If you're around and the timing works, I would for sure yeah. like to invite you back on. That sounds like the play right there. Just let me know, hey. Oh, 
for sure. I'll give you the street aspect of it. It's been a view that, you know, a lot of people don't have an inside ear to. They don't know about this stuff. They just hear about it. And now they can really talk to somebody who's educated and, and knows what he's talking about. So people need to hear what's happening now versus what's, what was happening back then. Thank you so much for coming on. It's It has been enlightening and i bet everybody's gonna enjoy hearing you and like christy said want to hear you again so i think so yeah you success and i think y'all are bringing uh, definitely a topic that the people want to listen to well thank you so much for being here and we've enjoyed this episode so thank, thank you, for you. peace thank and blessings everybody and thank you for simply vibing with us oh he's gone this episode of code green plant was sponsored by simply vibin llc Code Green Plant is a Simply Vibin' production hosted by Christy Chanel along with her co-host Phoebe James. This podcast is not intended to be used for medical advice and is solely the opinion of the host. Please consult your physician. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit that like and subscribe button and don't forget to follow us on social media. Want more? Visit www.simplyvibin.com. And a special thank you to the core group of people who helped with the creation of the Code Green Plant podcast. We appreciate you simply vibing with us. Code Green Plant. Shh.